The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Oh my God, Jody! you know I am. I'm so excited for today's show because we're talking about something controversial. I know. They're like a different species, I think. <laughs> I know. It, it's like, um, it's very exciting. It's very, it's probably more controversial than the election. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're going to be talking about millennials. Now, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about millennials. How do you make them happy? They can't be happy. Why are they working this way? Why do they want flex time? Why are and they those so earbuds. high maintenance? Like they What's keep that? those earbuds in all the time. <laughs> I know, you know, but it, it turns out that millennials actually have like a lot to offer. And so, you know, we, and it's, it's still such a hot topic. I know like the LA times just came out with a big article yesterday, um, October 10th about millennials and about how, you know, there's like, they make up 75 million of people like of our population. So, um, and basically like how their characteristics and how they are affecting the economy. So I don't know. We, I think we got a interesting show coming up. What do you think? Well, right. And, and I think that first of all, I'm Gen X, so I'm the forgotten generation, but uh, I am too. I'm too. Gen X too. It's kind of crazy. Um, but I actually think that a lot of um, what they talk about millennials is, it is true and it's not true. And the reason I say that is because whenever you talk about a large segment, um, obviously there's people who fit in it and there's people who don't. So whenever you're generalizing, um, you know, I I don't know how I feel about that. But on the other side of it, um, I definitely know as far as like the CPA space and the accounting profession and all that stuff that the millennials have had a major impact on how people do business today. And it's interesting to um, to think about it and unpack it all. So I'm really excited because we have like a millennial expert and he's actually a millennial and he's here with us today. And his name is Adam Smiley Pawlowski and I um, know him just as Smiley and I actually got to meet him last um, February when I went to that Hive event um, to hang out with people who were interested in finding their purpose. And Smiley was one of the co-founders of Hive, and he's also just re- recently written a book called The Quarter Life Breakthrough, Invent Your Own Path, Find Me- Meaningful Worth, and Build a Life That Matters. And so he's just launched, and he's like on his book tour. So like, And we were lucky enough to get him. 
And um, he's done lots of really cool stuff. He's written for the Washington Post and Fast Company and good. And and I just know him as Smiley and like kind of a cool dude. So um, welcome, Smiley. And I'm glad you could join us today and tell us what your last week has been up to. Sure. And thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, so I launched my book on October 4th, last Tuesday, and it's been received very well. Um, and it's basically a career guide for the new generation. Um, it's for a generation that I believe really wants to work with purpose, that wants to find meaning in the workplace. Obviously, even I as a millennial can admit that some things about millennials are annoying um, and that, you know, that this is a generation that's a little bit different, but I think overall this is a generation that's having a net positive on the workplace that's trying to um, make a social impact with their work, find purpose with their work, and really does care when they're given the right um, when they're given the right purpose and they're surrounded by the right people. So this is really a career guide to motivate people who actually want to spend their nine to five or nine to nine or Saturday morning or whenever it is, because we don't have just a traditional work schedule anymore who really want to spend that time doing something they actually care about and contribute something back to the world. That's great. And I I know that that can be really cross-generational because I think more and more people are wanting that um, out of their work and life. So, so Smiley, first of all, I have to ask you, how did you get the name Smiley? (laughs) Um, it's actually a nickname from high school. I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, um, outside of Boston. And, you know, I went out for the cross country team, uh, which basically just go running (laughs) and I was doing a hill workout, you know, just running up and down the hills freshman year. And my coach is this Boston guy and, you know, I'm smiling, running up and down the hills. And he's like, you know, what the hell are you doing smiling? Stop smiling. Stop puking. Stop puking. Boston accent. Um, and the name is just kind of stuck. Um, you know, I, there's some friends of mine from high school that, that went to my same college to Wesleyan university. And then it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a name that just kind of sticks. Right. Um, oh yeah. So I've had, yeah. I've had that nickname, um, for, uh, almost 20 years now, I guess. Wow. Yeah. And, and yeah, and that Boston accent, man, it's phenomenal. Um, so, so, how did you get to where you are today? I mean, how can I ask you how old you are and how did you end sure. up, you know, writing a book right now? Yeah, I'm, I'm 33. Um, I've had a very kind of winding career path with that, which I think a lot of both young people and people in older generations uh, will understand, you know, in the current job market, uh, it's very hard to kind of have this traditional path anymore, you know, where you mm-hmm. stay in one one sector, one business for a long time, just due to rapid changes in technology, an increasingly flexible freelance economy, already over the over 30% of the American workforce is freelance. Uh, that's 50, 53 million Americans. That's only expected to increase. Um, but basically, um, how I got to this current point was that about four or five years ago, um, so when I was 28, I was living in Washington, D.C., working a job that on paper was great. I worked for the federal government, um, for the U.S. Peace Corps, for the administration. And, you know, I had a great salary, I had health care, I had job security, I had benefits. Um, you know, obviously the government is a very secure place to work. You can't get fired pretty much for, <laughs> for doing anything. Um, but, you know, I had this great job that on paper looked great, but I was really unhappy. 
and um, was very stressed out and burned out. And I actually got shingles from from overwork and from, you know, just being, working a job that wasn't the right fit and getting emails at all hours of the night from my boss and just feeling like I, I, I knew it wasn't the right place for me, but I didn't know what else was. And I think a lot of people uh, that are in their 20s or even their early 30s have this kind of get to this point at some point where they check the box of, okay, this is a good job, right? This is a good organization. It pays me pretty well, right? I'm not just, you know, I'm not just wasting time doing something. You know, the Peace Corps is obviously a great place to work, but it's still not the right fit for me. And at 28, I was like, huh, this is quote unquote successful, but I feel miserable because I don't know what the hell it is I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that to me was this kind of quarter life crisis, you know, moment that some people hit right after college. Some people hit in their mid twenties. I hit it in my late twenties. Some people, you know, get it at the age of 50 or 60, which is also great. Um, and I think we have multiple moments of transition in our lives, but I started to kind of write about this and I wrote about it on a blog and then, you know, people were like, Hey, your writing's really great. Maybe you should write a book. So I actually self published, uh, an mm-hmm. early version of this book in 2014. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting um, this day and age is that these tools are available so that if you have a idea, you can pretty much just do it. You don't have to wait for, you don't have to wait to get your own radio show or wait to get your own book deal or, or wait to start a business. You can use, um, you know, making your own website, doing a crowdfunding campaign, self-publishing. You can, you can put all your stuff already out there if you have something and you're committed. So that's basically what I did. I, I, I self-published a version of this book, which led to eventually getting a book deal to publish this book. So how did you end up getting the book deal? Did they find you? And, they, you know, how did that, how did that happen? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, I self, basically what I did is in, in 2013, um, I had this idea. I was starting to blog, you know, and I had a little bit of traction, but I didn't have that many followers and anyone that's listening out there that's, you know, I started a blog or a website or, um, knows like those early days, you know, if you have maybe your, your mom's following and a couple friends and a couple people are sharing, so you got like, you know, maybe a hundred followers or something, which is great, but you're not really, you know, get, you know, it's, it, you're not really getting it out there. And I actually met with an editor at a local publishing house in San Francisco. And I told her my story. I showed her my work. I showed her my idea for this book called The Quarter Life Breakthrough, kind of realizing that, you know, careers are going in a different direction. Millennials in the workplace is kind of a buzz thing. You know, this is something that no one's really talking about this in form of a book. There's been a lot of career advice books, but not many Mm -hmm. career advice books for this generation. And she was like, hey, it's a good idea. You're a talented writer you just don't really have the following to get a book deal. She was giving Mm -hmm. you very honest advice. You know, she's like, you're not there yet, which I think, you know, millennials are really, really used to hearing in the workplace, right? Like you're not ready or you don't deserve the promotion. You're not ready for the, that job title. Um, Wait your turn, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Saying that, which is very hard for someone to hear. Um, you know, we're the go-getter generation. We don't like to take no for an answer. We always, you know, we're also, you know, a lot of people call us the trophy generation because we're used to kind of getting this constant gold star feedback. Hey, great job. You did it. Here's another gold star. Here's another trophy. Um, and there's some, there's some truth to that for sure. And she was really saying it's not just 
wait your turn, but prove yourself and, and mm-hmm. go make it happen yourself. So basically she was like, you know, you should try to self-publish. That would be a great, you know, you're not ready to get a book deal, but that doesn't mean this book doesn't deserve to be written. So I actually took her advice. At that point, I probably could have quit. I could have said, well, I'm not good enough. I don't have a big enough following. This isn't going to happen. But I actually went back to the drawing board and I ran a crowdfunding campaign, an Indiegogo campaign to raise $13,000 from 500 people in 40 countries. Um, Other people that were excited about this book. And I didn't even have a, you know, I didn't have a draft at that point. I just had an outline. So... You know, I, I, I did the crowdfunding campaign in 2013, um, launched it right around my 30th birthday and raised that money and then used that money to hire an editor, a cover designer, um, a book designer, and kind of uh, fund the first version of the book, which came out in the spring of 2014 on Amazon. Um, and it started to sell really well. I sold uh, several thousand copies. And the Amazon reviews are all very positive. I had, you know, 80 or 90 five-star reviews on Amazon, which is, which is a good amount. And I sent the finished book, the finished paperback, back to that editor. And she was like, wow, this is pretty impressive, you know? Like, I thought you were going to do it. I didn't realize you were going to really, you know, take a year and write this thing. You really <laughs> right. did it, right? Um, and I sent her a link to some of, you know, I got to had a few press clips and some of the Amazon reviews and the feedback people were saying, and, you know, this is feedback from strangers who had found the book or read the book in India or Kansas or Florida or, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in Europe, you know, the people that had seemingly found the book because, you know, once you put something out there on the internet, um, amazing things can happen. And she was like, Hey, this is, this is great. She till still told me I wasn't ready to get a book deal. Um, but she also, she connected me to her friend in New York city, who's a literary agent. Um, and then we ended up working together and she signed me and then we kind of, um, wrote a proposal for a book based on my first book. So that was kind of the long, (laughs) the long, uh, three to four year journey that was, you know, going from an idea to eventually, uh, the book deal, which we signed last summer in 2015. And the book just came out this fall. So, um, for anyone that's uh, thinking from, it's going to happen overnight, it takes a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that good. instant success thing, right? <laughs> and you mm-hmm. got it published by from Penguin Random House, right? Yeah, so it's Tartar Perigee, their Penguin Random yeah. House's self help imprint, um, right. which is great. They, you know, they have great distribution. Um, it's in most bookstores, and yeah, the folks at Penguin have been great. I have a new cover. It has five new chapters, a bunch of exercise tools. So I basically went back to the self-published book, put out everything that wasn't working, interviewed, you know, another 15 to 20 people to really get stories that were, you know, that were going to really work. And basically I took a product that was already solid, uh, not perfect, and, and tried to make it even better. So, so we're gonna approach. we're gonna hear more about this book when we come back. We have to take a quick break, but we're talking to um, Adam Smiley Poswalski, um, a millennial expert. So stay tuned. <laughs> From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. 
It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Hey, 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 this is Liz Gold, and I'm with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Smiley Poswalski, who's a, a millennial expert, and he recently wrote the book, The Quarter Life Breakthrough, Invent Your Own Path, Find Meaningful Worth, Work, and Build a Life That Matters. Um, and we're talking to Smiley about millennials. And uh, I was saying earlier in the show that the, the LA Times just put out a, an article about millennials called Millennials Aren't Big Spenders or Risk Takers, and that's going to shape uh, our economy, you know, and it was saying that millennials are the best educated and most diverse generation. Um, they are more experience oriented rather than being a big spender. You know, um, they're they're slower to buy homes, um, and they're they're getting married and having kids later. Um, and what I thought was interesting is that they have less entrepreneurial zeal. Um, because maybe of their heavy student loan, you know, they're saddled with. So, I mean, Smiley, what do you think about that? Do you feel like that's true? Do you feel like those things are changing for people? Like, what? What do? You, what's your take? Yeah, I, I really, I think that you know, um, basically, what's happened here is that some of the traditional signposts of success that were available to previous generations, like Gen Xers or baby boomers, that is to say. Um, you know, home ownership, the white picket fence, um, being able to buy a house in a livable city, get a job, stay in that job. Um, some of those signposts for success are just simply not available to my generation economically. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. I think we forget that obviously eight years ago, um, one of, we had one of the major, most largest recessions um, we've ever seen. People lost their jobs. People kind of saw that social contract erode of, hey, you work at this job um, for your career for 20 or 30 years, you'll get a pension. We take care of you as a company. That kind of blew up in everyone's faces overnight. Um, so yeah, I do think, I think, uh, millennials are a little bit more distrusting of that traditional kind of corporate ladder as they should be. And due to the average, uh, college graduate, um, leaving with at least $30,000 of student debt, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they don't have some of these abilities to kind of, you know, buy a home. And I think they're, they're taking, they're redefining what it means to live a meaningful life. And that's why one of the reasons why meaning and purpose is so much more important um, in the workplace, because, well, if you can't have some of these other things, you don't have the job security, um, you, you, you're, you're going to be living with roommates, you're not going to be able to buy a house, you, may, you want your days to matter more. Um, so I right. think, you know, it's tough every, every time you get into these generational, you know, trying to make, um, basically, if, if there's anything I've learned from from doing this work is you can find a study, um, a millennial study, another study to back up any point you want to make. There's, there's a study out <laughs> right. there that, and it basically clickbait for all these articles. Um, but the truth is, I mean, the a Gallup poll shows that, um, and this is consistent over the past couple of years, that the majority of Americans are disengaged at their jobs. People of all ages, mm-hmm. 70%, um, according to the last one, 70% of Americans are disengaged with their work. One-fifth of those people are so disengaged they're actively undermining their coworkers' work. Um, and if you look at those studies about millennials, 50% of millennials would take a pay cut to find work that matches their values. 90% want to use their skills for good. According to Deloitte's Millennial Survey, um, which is a global survey, not just the U.S., 75% of millennials think businesses are getting it wrong, that they're too focused on their own agenda rather than on improving society. Um, I, I mean, think- I think you're right. I mean, like, because when you talk about, like, what do you have if you don't have a house and you're not married and you don't have all these tangible things that people put value in, whether it's right or wrong, they have something tangible to hang their hat on. And now you take that away from a millennial, right? Um, what's left, um, which actually is probably a good thing to find it earlier in your life anyways, right? Is to kind of figure out that purpose. And then as you grow towards figuring out, you know, the house and the family, et cetera, you might actually be in a better position than these older generations or the generations before who kind of had all the tangible things, but maybe not so much the intangibles or that purpose. And then wake up, you know, in their mid fifties thinking, Oh my God, you know, know, I'm halfway through my life and now what do I do? Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think that, you know, you're leading with meaning and impact and kind of that personal fulfillment piece um, more so than previous generations. And, you know, if you look at the data, the truth is everyone wants meaning in the workplace, right? Um, you know, uh, Daniel Pink wrote an amazing book uh, several years ago called Drive, um, which kind of studies human motivation and the science behind it. And one of the main factors in human in, in, in fulfillment um, whether it relates to work or life, is, is, um, is purpose. It's, it's a sense that, you know, your work goes beyond you as contributing something great, greater to society. So we all want that in the workplace. But seemingly some of the other things that people would get from work 
and from kind of that job security and that, you know, ability to kind of move up the, the quote-unquote ladder are just not available, right, um, due, to the, due to the changes in economy, globalization, you know, tech, rapid technology growth. You know, industries won't be around in five years, let alone jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about, you know, just in, since I graduated college 10 years ago, what, what's changed in terms of, um, you know, technology, communication, social media, basically, you know, we, we've completely changed the way we work, and that's just 10 years. Um, so think about what's going to happen, and I, I argue that we, one of the reasons I wrote this book is because I think millennials need a new way of thinking about their career a much more uh, flexible, experimentational, adaptive uh, model for career thinking that's different than this kind of learn a skill, pick something at the age of 21 or 22 when you graduate, and, you know, just do that thing for the rest of your life. It's just, even if you want to do that, it's really difficult to do so because you have to constantly be learning and things are changing so rapidly. We just, we don't know what we don't know. And, you know, um, the U.S. Department of uh, Labor has noted that 65% of today's student, uh, kids in elementary school are going to be working um, jobs that we've, we've never heard of. Um, so so do, you feel like pretty... workplace, do you feel like Sorry. workplaces are reflective, like, we're, you know, reflecting, um, or res- I guess the, the, the question is, do you feel like workplaces are responding appropriately to you know, how millennials, um, what they want. And I, I, I get that, you know, it's cross-generational that people want to make a difference and they want to have meaning in their work. But are you finding that workplaces are, you know, um, responding to this and are millennials finding workplaces to go to get their values fulfilled? I would say some, not all. I think that all too often, you know, workplaces think of empowering millennials and they think of putting beer on tap, putting ping pong tables in the office, um, very um, surface level things, perks basically, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Maybe they set up a work from home uh, situation on Fridays or, you know, they have an open office or they have, they, they read a study and they're like, okay, millennials basically just want this to be a playroom or they think of like the traditional startup San Francisco tech company. Right. Um, and there's maybe some element there, but I don't think they're thinking about the deeper, the deeper thing that we're talking about here, which is really having alignment with your role in the company mission. You can't pretend that your company is making an impact in the world. <laughs> it either is or it isn't, right? right? Like you can do all the like, you know, fancy PR stuff you want and make the website look cool. But at the end of the day, if you're, organization and your product is messing up the world and not contributing social, making a positive social environmental uh, impact on the world, um, not giving back, not actually moving the needle forward uh, on, on a major issue, then millennial, anyone, let alone millennials can sense that. And they're not going to want to a give, give their money to that product in the marketplace and be, um, go work for you. And I think that we're seeing that the companies that are really going to thrive in the future have some form of a social mission. Um, and so would you say that they, the companies are more socially progressive, you know, in terms yeah, of, yeah. um, yeah, like caring about the environment, caring about diversity, equality, justice, 
um, that kind of thing. Diverse, yeah. Diversity and inclusion in the workplace, having a leadership right. that's not just all white dudes. Um, right. yeah, you know, exactly. a lot of companies will talk about this stuff and it's like, well, still basically every person, uh, with a C, a C next to their title is a old white guy. So you really right. aren't doing anything about diversity, you, even though you have a panel at your conference about it, uh, we can see right through it. Right. Or, or right. And, and how are you actually doing inclusion in the workplace? Um, how are you building dynamic networks? Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, Jody and I can speak to is this idea of, of community because, you know, the programs like Hive, uh, which is a global leadership program, the Hive Global Leaders Program, I think millennials are increasingly looking at the workplace as an extension of their community, um, of their tribe, of building alliances across, not just within their workplace, uh, within their organization, but trying to find like-minded, values-aligned people that work in a similar space and get a sense for what else is out there and what they're going to do next. So I think the smartest companies, and I say this in my presentation, are actually preparing millennials or preparing their, their early talent to not just succeed in the two, three, or five years they're going to be at the company, because that's on average how long they're going to stay. The average millennial staying about every two or three years. The average person from any generation, from any demographic, is staying just five years. So it's not like millennials are the only ones that are job hoppers. Mm-hmm. We're all kind of job hoppers. The average person of any age, 25 and older, is staying at their job just five years. So that includes people in their 30s, 40s, 50s. Um, you know, is it, it, preparing them not just to succeed while they're there, but to actually prepare them to succeed in their next role at a different company, which is very controversial and hard for some traditional HR folks to hear. Yes, I'm telling you to train your person well, make them do a good job, help them land somewhere different, maybe even at a competitor, because that's the way that the workforce of the future is going to look. It's not this, hey, our company's better than yours because we give, you know, uh, our benefits are cooler and the, the office is nicer. You're going to stay here forever. It's like, no, look at the data. They're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why not help them thrive, help them make an impact, and then think of them as a whole person not just kind of a, a, a slave to your company, help them land somewhere nice, some, a, a good place, and then you know what? They're probably still going to have brand loyalty. They're probably going to still use their wallet and their dollars to support your company, and they're going to tell their best friend, you know, I had a great, jo- a, a great experience working there. You should take this job. You should take mm-hmm. my job. Or mm-hmm. I'm going to post on Facebook being like, hey, uh, this position's open at my old company. Um you should, you should work there because it was a great experience and this place is great. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be people, the top companies, the most innovative companies are going to be sharing the best talent because so no one this, wants to work somewhere for 30 years because it's so you know, the, who, who yeah. really wants to do that. So this has been great stuff. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Smiley Poswalski about um, all about millennials. So stay tuned. <laughs> America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
advance, and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Adam Poswalski, otherwise known as Smiley. Before we get back to talking about Millennial Madness, I just want to give a shout out to Avalara, our amazing sponsor, um, all about sales tax. Definitely check out their website, avalara.com. And we've been talking about um, millennials and building a meaningful life and career. And I wanted to ask you, Smiley, you know, when a millennial, you know, is looking for a job, you know, say they're like, okay, I want to have a meaningful job. I'm going out into the job market. What should I be looking for, you know, in companies? Like, what questions should I be asking? How can I sort of peer underneath the surface of what they're telling me and, um, and really make sure that I am in, I get into an environment that is meaningful and where I can actually make a difference. Sure. I think um, it's a great question. I think that the, the key um, prelude to that is knowing what you want and, and really being able to do what I call defining meaningful work. You know, so one thing we all, people always talk about, okay, millennials want meaningful work. What does that actually look like? So I, you know, use a, I came up with a framework for the book that's not a definition because it's really hard to define something like meaning or fulfillment or happiness, right? These are pretty abstract concepts. Um, but the framework I use, which is, I think, a good framework for people asking questions, is that meaningful work provides personal meaning 
reflecting who you are and what your interests are, allows you to share your gifts to help others, provides a community of believers that will support your dreams, and is financially viable given your desired lifestyle. So, mm. so if you break that down, you can start to ask those questions, and I list these, a bunch of these in the book, um, kind of who are you, what do you care about, um, what makes you different than others, what moves you, what gets you fired up, what challenge is worthy of your time, and then you know, moving into your gifts, what are you really good at, what are you good at that you like doing, what is the type so of So it's like a self-assessment. Correct. Yeah. What types of yeah. people do you want to surround yourself with? How much money do you need to live your desired lifestyle? What is your desired lifestyle? How often do you want to get outside? All this type of stuff. Um, so, so I think once you, once you have that, in terms of approaching uh, and kind of seeking out companies, um, I think, you know, it, it's important to realize that, you know, the jobs market of today is completely different um, than before. And it's really important to stand out from the crowd. Um, so, Smiley, do you searching. think that you can find, do you think you can find purpose doing accounting? <laughs> totally, totally. Yes. One of the things that inspired me a lot about meeting you, Jody, was that you, you don't meet a lot of people that are fired up about accounting. But when you do, uh, it's amazing. We need fired up accountants in this world. Um, but I think it's all about what are you accounting for? Um, like, are you doing the books and the numbers and um, managing money for an organization that's selling toxic chemicals, uh, uh, which is, if that's what you're into, awesome. I assume, you know, good for you. <laughs> but like, or are you accounting for an organization that aligns with your values, right? Or, 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 or helping a business. Or helping a small again? business thrive. Right. Or right. running, yeah, I mean, I run my own small business as an author, speaker, entrepreneur, um, I have a, you know, accountant I love, you know, because, you know, and he, and he saves, you know, he saves me money. He helps me make sure, you know, I, there, you know, the margins are slim when you're an author and, you know, he makes me, he, he knows what he's doing and this allows me to do my work better. And he's a part of the process of helping me share my message with the world. So I think well, he, I guess- and he, and he has a lot of small business and entrepreneurial clients and he takes a lot of pride in that he's not working for like a mega corporation that he doesn't even know what they're doing in the world. He knows his clients by name. They're like family to him. Um, so I so guess I my heart, the hard part yeah. that I, I have a hard time like understanding is like, like everybody has a job, right? There's all these people who do all these things. And like, sometimes jobs are not that exciting in the, in and of themselves. Right. I mean, sometimes there are a lot of routine and whatever. And how does that actually connect to finding purpose in a job or purpose? In, and, and I know you have to understand yourself, but I guess not everyone's going to go work for a nonprofit. So and, yeah, that's it doesn't the piece have to be that's like really hard to connect. Uh-huh. I understand that. Um, I think it's, you know, most of the people I profile in the book are not actually working at nonprofits. They're either working at mission-driven companies or they're entrepreneurs. They're entrepreneurs creating innovation within larger systems. Um, but let me run down a few of these. I think if you think about uh, generally when, when people say they have engaged employees, according to um, a lot of, of, of research, and this is from an employee engagement consulting firm called The Energy Project, they're looking at four main things. Um, purpose. So that is that, you know, obviously that your job means something more than just the job. Um, being valued by your supervisor. Supportive supervisors increase retainment. So 
So that is, you know, your, your supervisor is not just your boss, but a mentor, um, someone you actually mm-hmm. knows about you and your, and your life and cares about you. Um, employee, t- uh, that there's a, an element of renewal so that you're not just working all the time, but you're taking breaks, um, that you're, that you're able to exercise during the day, that you're able to kind of feel like your, your job is in a slog and focus so that you're able to focus on one task at a time. Um, obviously this is something that our generation struggles with a lot. So those are four key areas. I think when you're thinking about employee engagement and then for the employee side, um, I think that you can find meaning in any job, even a job that sucks. You can find more meaning in that job by knowing your why, the why you're there. So maybe it's the means to an end. Maybe it's leading to something you want to do later in your career. Maybe there are specific skills you want to learn. Maybe it's because of the mission of the company. Um, not letting your job title limit your hustle. So whatever your job title is, you don't have to be limited to that. You can speak out. You can start um, projects that you care about. You can step up and do something you want to do. Um, always investing in your skills. One of the key areas that people find fulfillment in is mastery. So becoming really good at something. So I think that's one, one of the reasons actually you would find that accountants, even though we think of it as a stereotypically like drab job, Many of them actually probably, if you looked at the data, are more fulfilled than sometimes than writers um, because to be an accountant, you have to be really good. Um, or to, to be an effective <laughs> accountant, you have to know your game, right? You can't just get in there with the company and be like, oh, yeah, I know, I know Excel. Let me do your books. It's like, well, do you know the tax code? Do you know these different um, laws? And how are you going to save me money? And what about this new thing that went into effect last year? Do you know what you're doing? And that actually leads to engagement. Um, adding value so, Smiley, before asking for, so, for, for favors. Yep. So, so Smiley, real quick before we go to break, like say, you know, I'm a millennial and I, you know, feel like, okay, this is a great match. I'm in a company. And then I realize, oh my God, I hate this company. It's totally the wrong fit for me. Like they lied, blah, 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 blah. I mean, what's the most appropriate sort of span you should stay at a job if you know it's not right for you? Is, is there like a six-month mark? Is there like, or can you just quit on the spot? Well, I think it's everyone's different. And I hate to make generalizations because I think everyone's <laughs> in a different position. Okay. You know, everyone, especially when it comes to finances, you know, if you're supporting right. two kids and you have $50,000 of student debt, um, you should stay in your job. You should not quit. Um, one of the things I talk about in the book is leaving your job with intention. Um, mm. So being strategic, because often, yes, there are, pe- there are jobs that we all have, and there are going to be people that are reading my book and hearing this message being like, I hate my job. I get me out of here. My boss is the worst. I don't care about what it is I'm selling. This organization is doing bad in the world. Um, get me out of here. I have something else I want to focus on. So it might be three months. It might be six months. It depends on your own situation, but I think the point is to be strategic, right? Mm -hmm. I talk about a a young woman, Debbie, in the book. Debbie started a company called Goldie Blocks, which some of you may have heard of. Goldie Blocks is a a toy company, a for-profit toy company for young girls, and it teaches, it's toys for girls that teach engineering skills. Mm. So trying to increase the number. Intuit actually did their commercial last year. Say that again? Intuit did a commercial for them on the Super Bowl last yes, year or two. They oh, were cool. in a Super Bowl commercial last year. So they're trying to increase the number of female engineers by realizing that most of the toys out there are for are marketed and are for little or for boys. And so right. she basically wanted to leave her job. She wanted to start this company several years ago, Goldie Blocks. Um, 
and she was working as the marketing director at a jewelry company in San Francisco. She didn't quit her job for eight months, I think, or nine months because she felt like she was learning invaluable skills in marketing, sales, retail, distribution, that Mm -hmm. when she went to start her company, those skills would apply, Mm -hmm. right? So rather than quit her job because like, oh my God, I read a cool Fast Company article. I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I quit. I'm out. She actually used that job as basically as business school. She was getting Mm -hmm. paid basically to go to business school. She knew she was going to leave. And in her head every day, she was like, I'm out of here. But she was using that job, still earning a salary, still making contacts, still setting things up for her future, but learning those skills. So you can so, and that's being, in, that's being intentional, right? Well, right. And I think that that's one of the things that I'll like make a judgment on millennials about is that they don't necessarily have the patience that my generation grew up with. And I don't know if that's like, it's obviously not all millennials, but it seems to me that the ones that I have met, like, cause you know, that you're this rare species, but you're not, but it just seems like there's like this, this hurry up thing that I should have everything yesterday. And I think that's one of the big take that like I think the employers get frustrated with is because they think, yeah, you're going to get there, but give it a little bit of time. And I don't know if millennials look at themselves and see that as, you know, if they maybe gave themselves a little patience to like do something that they could actually be more successful. But I also think we're products of our our generation, right? So we're products of our generation. We're the kids of baby boomers who are, who you know, get a job, go to college, get a job, go to college, you know, and, I feel like this generation has a lot more choice and, and I feel like they are able to really take advantage of that. Um, so I don't know, we're going to, we're going to continue this conversation uh, with Smiley. So uh, stay tuned. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America business network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. 
listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, and I'm Jody Paydar, and I am here with Liz Gold, and we are talking to Smiley, who is a millennial um, workplace expert. And right before we went to break, we had just a little bit of back and forth about maybe um, me offering up that millennials could be a little bit more patient, and that might help <laughs> them a little bit. And so um, with that, from sitting from the other side of the table, right, I would like to ask Smiley what he thinks are the top three things that millennials should think about as they are in this work, this workforce. Um, and then on the other side of it to think about what are the top three um, things that the, or the employers should think about as they're working with millennials. Cause maybe if we know both sides, maybe we can all work together better. Yeah. Great question. And I, and I agree about the patience thing. I think, you know, it's, it's a, it's a double edged sword because one of the things I'm telling young people is, you know, my, my biggest piece of advice is kind of treat your career like a grand experiment. Um, every opportunity mm-hmm. is, is an opportunity to learn something. Learning what you don't like is just as valuable as learning what you do like. Um, and to be proactive. I mean, the subtitle of the book is invent your own path. Um, so to be, kind of treat your career as an entrepreneur, even, even within an own, your own, even within a big company, right? Invent your own path within a big company is, is one of my, one of the subsections in the book. And that's, there is part of that, that, that is about go, like being, is about being proactive. But then the, the double, the, the other side of the coin there is sometimes it takes time and, and meaning and fulfillment comes from patience, as you said, and persistence. And I've learned that in my own career. And I talk about that, that it takes me, it took me, you know, several years to feel like I was having the impact I wanted to have with my book and my work because that's how long it took. Um, so that there has to be that balance there. And that's something that's very difficult for this generation to understand. So I think you're spot on. Um, in terms of some other things, um, so always invest in your skills. Um, becoming really good at something is never, you know, even in, especially in this job market is, is always valuable. Um, and seeking, and this is something that's for both sides, seeking co-leadership opportunities. So ha- pairing early talent, um, someone who's their first couple years um, with someone that's been at the organization or been in the, in the field for 10, 15, 20 years and having them lead a project together, I think is extremely valuable because you yeah, get someone that. that has fresh ideas, new, you know, can, can, is really excited, maybe is really savvy with technology or social media with someone that has a lot more industry knowledge, institutional knowledge um, that can really kind of lead the way. So I think that's one I've, it's this idea of bringing millennials to the table. So kind of saying, hey, you're new, you don't know that much, but you've got something here. You've got that energy, that excitement. We can put that to use. Because I think a lot of companies just turn their backs on millennials and say, you're too eager, you're too entitled, you're too privileged, go sit in the back mm. and wait your turn. And that's a great way to have someone just leave your company after six months. Um, so, um, it, you know, I, th- I think that's, you know, and then I'll, the other thing about the millennials is, you know, don't wait for permission, be proactive, make the ask. No one's going to, you know, wait 
no one's going to kind of come to you and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, like, can we, can we give you a promotion this week? <laughs> can, can, do you want to work on this project? You have to make those things happen yourself. And then on the company side, um, you know, and talk, speaking about empowering millennials, um, I think it's really important to um, kind of have this purpose-aligned coaching, um, whether it's through HR, somehow through your company, to make sure that people have an intention behind their role, that they're paired with the right supervisor, that they're doing the right job at the company. A lot of times you'll find that people are um, out of place. They just took the job because it was available, but that doesn't mean they're, the be- they're in the best role of where they could be utilized at this company given their skills and their interests. So um, that's, that's important for companies to realize. Um, encouraging autonomy and career exploration in the workplace, uh, flexible and remote work, um, more opportunities for early talent to explore different roles within the company to see where they're the best fit. Um, and then um, I think this idea of um, inclusion, uh, diversity in the workplace, so kind of moving beyond just employee perks, um, which are important. I think this generation is looking for perks, whether it's renewal, play, health and wellness in the workplace. Everybody loves perks. Everybody loves perks. And actually, Smiley, we have to wrap up. But I just, real quickly, how can they? How can people find your book? Oh, great. Yeah, so the book is called The Quarter Life Breakthrough. Uh, it's e- you can easily find it on Amazon. Uh, you can learn more information about the book at thequarterlifebreakthrough.com. And you can reach out to me uh, at my website, smileypozwalski.com, or on Twitter at What's Up Smiley. Awesome. Thank you so much, Smiley, for being on our show. And uh, we learned a lot about millennials and um, how to have a meaningful life. And Jody, you can find Jody and I on Facebook, Let's Get Radical. You can drop us an email at Jody and Liz at Let's Get Radical.org. We're on iTunes, we're on Stitcher. Uh, we're always looking for fantastic, interesting entrepreneurs that want to join us in the hot seat over here on Voice America. Uh, anything else, Jody, that I forgot? Um, who do we have next week? We have. Ooh, somebody who was on LeBron James's reality show, Cleveland wow. Hustles. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to just leave it at that. But I'm telling you, his business causes a buzz. Ooh, I wonder who that could be. So join us next week. You're not going to want to miss it. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter at Jody Paydar CPA at Liz Stacy Gold. And we'll, we'll see you next week. And thank you so much, Smiley, for joining us. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.